Welcome to Explaining Albania with me, Alice Taylor. My guest today is Elidor Mehili, an Albanian citizen living in the US and an Associate Professor of History and Public Policy at Hunter College, New York. Now, prior to that, he held fellowships at the Columbia University and the University of Pennsylvania. He's also been a visiting fellow at various prestigious international universities. Elidor received the Felix Gross Award in 2017, a top award for junior professors in humanities and social sciences. He was also the president of the Northeastern Slavic, Eastern European and Eurasian Studies Organization in New York. Additionally, he's given seminars and classes at both Stanford University and Columbia University. But he's no stranger to the Ivy League. Elidor studied at Cornell University before getting his master's and PhD at Princeton University. His research has focused primarily on authoritarian regimes, dictatorships, and the economic, political, and cultural impact of the Cold War. His first book, From Stalin to Mao, Albania and the Socialist World, was based on eight years of research that took place in Tirana, Berlin, Moscow, Prague, Washington, Rome, and New York. It won the 2018 Marshall Shulman Book Prize, the Davis Center Book Prize in Political and Social Studies, and the 2018 Stavros Gendi Book Award. He's also published in leading more media portals, including the Washington Post, The Conversation, Salon, The Wire, and various others. But now he's adding Explaining Albania by Exit News to the list. Now, our discussion today will center on an issue that's plaguing Tirana and Albania as a whole. Over the last few years, we've seen the demolition of a number of cultural heritage monuments and buildings of significant historical value. The Chemostafa Stadium, the National Theatre in the centre of Tirana, and very recently the Queen Geraldine Maternity Hospital have all been demolished along with countless old villas and buildings that once lined the streets of the city. Slowly but surely, the identity of Tirana is slipping away and being replaced with high-rise buildings, concrete, steel and shiny fittings. Now, the logic and justification for the destruction of these buildings has been that they're falling apart, they're old, they're not fit for purpose, and that they were mainly built in the fascist area. But instead of rehabilitating them and repurposing them, they've been torn down just to be replaced by glitzy projects with celebrity architects and shady contracts. So what is Tirana losing and why? And what's driving this seeming obsession with out with the old and in with the new? Elidor, thank you for joining me on the Exit Explains podcast. For those listening, could you just take a moment to introduce yourself, please? Uh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Elidor Mihili. I am an associate professor uh, of history uh, at uh, Hunter College, City University of New York, here in New York City. Great. Um, and you're Albanian originally, I assume? Yes, yes. 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 I was uh, born and grew up in Albania. Whereabouts in Albania? So I uh, was born in Fier, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, with my family, we moved to Tirana just shortly, a little before the uh, end of the communist regime. And then mm-hmm. I spent the rest of my years in Tirana. Uh, I moved to the States uh, in 1999. So mm-hmm. uh, I spent about the first 17 years of my life in Albania. What was it that drove you to, to leave? Was it sort of wanting to pursue your academic career or was it a family sort of move? 
No, no, I, uh, I, I came at, at first in the United States just, just a sort of on a one-year program. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was the 90s were, as, as, as folks who lived in Albania at the time know, were, were a very hard mm-hmm. time. Uh, although there had been this sort of optimism early on after the collapse of the communist regime, uh, a lot of those events, and it's, it's actually it's the 30th, 30th anniversary this year mm-hmm. of, 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 of all those historic moments, uh, 1987 was a very, very tough time. Uh, that was a kind of an, where, when an armed insurrection erupted. And, and then there was a certain hopelessness in Albania. And I think a lot of parents after that, they sort of looked at the situation and felt kind of hopeless. And, and they, they, they really, um, you know, wanted their kids to maybe have more opportunity uh, you know, and, and so I, I, it was just within those couple of years after 1997 that uh, I, a lot of a lot of younger people looked outside of Albania for for mm-hmm. their future. But I mean, this is a trend that has continued, doesn't it? I mean, the figures, the amount of people that are looking to either leave who are leaving Albania or desiring to leave Albania remains exceptionally high. It's exceptionally high. And it is quite astonishing when you look at the numbers and you look at the graphs and you see Albania actually in the top sort of two, top three, top four consistently year after year mm-hmm. in terms of both the, the, you know, the figures that we have, which show the Albanians that have already left and are now obtaining EU citizenship or, or are, are, are struggling to, to kind of be legalized in a lot of, in a lot of foreign countries. Uh, but what's really astonishing is that when you when you look at the thirty year period as as a to, as a total, you mm-hmm. just get a sense of just how massive this has been. Yes. And and uh, and in many ways, I don't think Albania itself, these governments, the successive governments, the the, the 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 politicians, the establishment, has really come to terms with this. What what this means to have you know hundreds and thousands of and uh, of folks out there, and a lot of these folks like myself. Um, are citizens of Albania. I mean, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, ha- I am a citizen of this country. This, this is the passport that I carry around. And, and so it, it, it sort of, it, it is incumbent upon the, the establishment in Albania to really make sense of this and come to terms with it and be yes. proactive about it in a way yes. that they haven't been. I think, and I mean, this is just my sort of layperson's opinion, is that the governments in Albania have a very short term perspective on what they want to achieve. Um, It's not always what's best for the country. And this issue of migration is something that requires sort of a concerted long term approach involving every aspect of society. And that's not something that these governments have been able to do. That's I mean, that's just my view. Yeah, and you might even say some of them are actually scared of, for instance, having the diaspora be more involved in politics and and have ideas. They they like the infusion of cash that my, that Im- immigrants send, and and they like the fact that uh, you know a lot of for for, for many years now uh, a lot of uh, Albanians who have migrated abroad are sustaining it financially and economically their, you mm-hmm. know, their families, their loved ones. Yeah. And, but but they don't want any involvement when it comes, for instance, in terms of extending the right to vote, which is absolutely critical for for having representation because it's one thing to you know invite Albanians to come in over the summer, you know, for holidays, for tourism, to bring in you know uh, currency and all these things but at, at some point you also 
you cannot escape the the the, the fact that so many Albanians are diasporic, and that's yes. just. I just think that uh, you are absolutely right that there's this kind of short-term, four-year cycle mentality, mm-hmm. getting elected, doing everything you need to get elected, but over the long term, I think it's 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 very self-defeating to ignore this. I also think that uh, the diaspora issue in terms of voting, you know, if you've lived abroad, if you're if you've learned other languages, you've been exposed to other ways of political sort of maneuvering in the public sphere. If you've lived this sort of other life, you are you have a higher degree of immunity to the propaganda and the dirty games which plague Albania and like the Albanian speaking media, etc. You've existed outside of that. So you don't fall for it. And I think that poses a huge threat to politicians who want and are able to wield a significant amount of power through propaganda, through sort of friendly media portals, etc. in Albania. Uh, and we see this, this we, we see this occasionally there's, there's, there's sort of talk about the diaspora. There's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, a performance of care, I would say, about yes. the fact that, you know, we have, uh, we, we're represented in, in these various fields. Uh, and, and yet, at the same time, there is sort of a rejection of that diversity and, and the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, you, you invite it in only if it fits in your particular mm-hmm. political project. And if it somehow critiques it, criticizes it, or, or, or wants to engage with it in a critical fashion, then, then that, that, you know, it, it's a different story. But it's also important, you know, I mean, I've had people saying, oh, well, if you choose to live abroad, you shouldn't have a right to vote, etc. But I've also spoken to many people who've emigrated and who live in the diaspora who would love to come back. I'm not saying it applies to anyone, to everyone, but there are so many who would like to come back. But the issues of economic opportunity, low salaries, corruption, etc., this creates a situation where they don't feel they're able to. Uh, so it's kind of a vicious cycle in a way. It is a vicious cycle, and I think it's also extremely simplistic to 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 you know to view this because if we were talking about a small percentage of people and a small section of country, and you could say, oh well, you know, they, 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 everybody chooses to live wherever they want. You hear this from from some sort of government and spokesmen mm-hmm. and officials all the time. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. People choose where they want to live. They go where they want to go. Sure, but that's not what we're talking about. If you're looking at this as a human resource problem. It's mm-hmm. an absolute tragedy because yes. what you're essentially saying, and by the way, uh, it, it's not as if Albanians are free to migrate today, right? I mean, if they had mm-hmm. the ability to move for work today, we would see actually that a lot of the younger generation would do, would make yes. that choice. And, and yes. a lot of the highly trained sort of middle range professionals, health, the health professions, a lot of the people that you actually want to keep and you want to invest in, Though those are the ones that that are that are planning a move abroad, and it's it's mm-hmm. just so from the human resource perspective and from the investment in human capacity, yes. this is absolutely urgent, and uh, it's not a, just an Albanian trend, but I think the extent to which it is heightened in Albania, it's mm-hmm. it's really just astonishing. Yes, that's that's the thing. It's I mean, it happens everywhere. I'm an immigrant myself, but we're not. It's completely different. The amount of people that are leaving Albania and that are planning to leave is is very high. I don't think I know anyone, any out of my friendship group of Albanian people who actually wants to stay. I think my family is in the minority of this, and it's it's very sad to see. Um, now, I came across a tweet of yours the other day, which is 
something that I found really interesting, and it's a topic that's been in the news quite a lot for the last year. Um, now, your tweet was about the what appears to be systematic demolition of historical buildings in Tirana. Now, I came to Albania three and a half years ago, and I fell in love with the country and the city. But in those three and a half years, I'm witnessing villas, beautiful old buildings, national monuments, parts of the city, which are part of the reason why I chose to stay here, being changed beyond all recognition. And I wanted to speak to you sort of about why this is happening, but also to understand a bit more about the history of these buildings that have gone and their sort of importance, their symbolism as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, just to give a little bit of background uh, in mm -hmm. terms of how I, how I came to this, um, I many 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 years ago when when I, when I was in college, I architecture and urban planning were you know were, were part of my what I was passionate about. In fact, I, at at one point, I even had the idea of becoming an architect. Although mm -hmm. I took a I took another direction. Um, having grown up in in Tirana in Albania, having sort of been walking those streets, seeing you know, living with buildings, living with the history, you, you always think you know a place just because you lived in it, right? You always think that you're familiar with the material culture and with the environment just 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 because you spend time there. And so this is how I felt about about, you know, Tirana and many other areas uh, in Albania, mm -hmm. but but when I went to graduate school and I started researching for my dissertation which was going to sort of study the communist period um, uh, I, I I sought to try to do it through this angle of cities and urban planning mm -hmm. because I thought this is a really good way to try and capture not only what the dictatorship at the top level was trying to do, but how people sort of experienced this, this, this history and, and cities, you know, really kind of, if you can get the sources really give you unparalleled access to trying to capture the richness of, of a historical moment. Mm -hmm. uh, what I realized though, when I was doing this work is, First of all, how little did I actually know the history of the places that I thought I knew? Mm -hmm. uh, and then, secondly, how difficult it was to piece together even just a basic timeline. Uh, and what I mean by that, I mean, you know, historians, they want dates, you know, when, when things were built, when, 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 who built them. Um, and so just even the basics of laying out an urban history of a place like Tirana was very difficult. And part of the reason was, number one, because so much has been destroyed, it's gone. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, secondly, very little has been recorded and we don't have really comprehensive sort of histories, right, of this heritage and of this material culture and, and our cities. Um, and third, and I, I observed this when I was, you know, living in, in Albania, but then I also kept coming back every year, even though I was in the United States, so even in the in, in the early two thousands, what 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 a lot of people living in Tirana were were noticing happening right in front of their eyes were things being torn down or or, or you know uh, left to deteriorate, and new constructions, poorly shoddy constructions, mm -hmm. popping up everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Residential towers, mm -hmm. um, these sort of you know the, everybody that that has been to Tirana has sees this very clearly, right? The, the, the amount of the construction boom. Yes. And, and, and so in my, so this started as a double frustration for me. It was on a pragmatic level. I just wanted to write this history and I realized how hard it was because so much had disappeared. 
Uh, and so one way that I try to do it is by trying, by collecting photographs, by collecting historical data, by going through the archives, by trying to piece together a timeline and a history as much as I could. And this mm-hmm. is what I try to do in my book. So I have a couple of chapters in my book from Stalin to Mao that look at Tirana as it developed historically and, 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 and as sort of the dictatorship tried to make sense of what to preserve and want to replace. But the irony is that a lot of what actually survived the communist dictatorship, this absolutely ruthless regime, mm-hmm. has not survived the democratic era. Yes. Yeah, this is is quite ironic, isn't it? It's um, you have to wonder what the what the motivation is. I mean, <clears throat> it's almost like they want to completely wipe out anything to do with Albania's past. Now, I can understand that Albania has been through difficult times. You know, the the fascists, the communists, etc. But you can't just erase it all, surely. And, and there, there, there are there are a couple of arguments that you hear consistently. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, the, the understandably, right? Nobody's surprised that a lot of these properties are in very good locations, are in very highly mm-hmm. profitable areas, and and in terms of investment opportunities, they're 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 highly desirable. However, that is no excuse no. for for tearing te- tearing down uh, uh, monuments or or. Architecturally valuable uh, place. Now, of course, in 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 many areas in Britain, in in the United States, you know, historical heritage and preservation is a movement that is over 150 some odd years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a there there's a really established tradition. Although it ha- that hasn't been perfect either, right? So you, you have struggles and, and activists trying to preserve a, a lot of this legacy and this historical heritage. Uh, that this tradition is, of course, is 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 fairly small in Albania, though it does exist. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the examples that I have found in my work, for instance, is this architect uh, named uh, Ganistra Zimiri, uh, who actually, I you know, I mean, the, the the major contradiction here is that he started out as this sort of architect that had a plan to completely redo Tirana as mm-hmm. a Stalinist city. You know, he went to they sent him to the Soviet Union to study. He came back. And he had this vision of wanting to redo the city entirely. And he and they didn't do that in the 1950s. And in fact, Strazimir turned into the pioneer of historic preservation in the 1960s. And the, the institute in Tirana that is supposed to uh, uh, help with preservation carries his name to this day, right? This is the pioneer of, of this notion of preserving heritage. And by the way, the 1960s was the, the time when the, the churches and the mosques and so much mm-hmm. incredible religious architecture was assaulted under, under the dictatorship. Yeah. So Albania has had experience with, the, with, 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 with these struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, in the history of, of, of preservation and heritage protection in the West, what you also see is how women have been central actors in this story how, mm-hmm. how so many of them at the ground level have been kind of the historical agents that have pushed back right and so mm-hmm. here's another avenue where i see a lot of a lot of opportunity to to go in and tell a different kind of history a history of activism history of of sort of bottom-up efforts mm-hmm. uh, the, the you know the, the the other argument that 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 you hear other than sort of profitability um the fact that 
ownership, land ownership, and the whole issue of property is extremely complicated and tangled mm-hmm. in Albania because of the way in which collectivization unfolded and yes. property was dispossessed and, and how much corruption there has been in the last 30 years. Uh, but the third line of argument is is, is you, you hear this sort of, well, why, why should we care about this old decrepit stuff, right? We're going <laughs> to... We're going to build something new and modern and, and shiny a shiny, and we're going to get the best architects, the, you know, the fanciest, most highly desired architects in the world, you know, the, the, the to come mm-hmm. here and do something that's going to put us on a map. And, and, and why should we care about old things that the ceilings are falling on people um, when we have this other urge to modernize? Yes. And so you kind of, if you do adopt a bit, a bit of a critical stance, you're cast as being anti-progress, right? Anti-modernization. Mm-hmm. And this is a totally false choice. Yes. We can have, in fact, we should have, be able to have both. Yes, We, we want progress and we want, and if you, if you do want to bring in investment and opportunities and growth, there is plenty of room for to do that. Mm-hmm. But we also want... To because at the end of the day, this is also about public space and public ownership yes. and a sense of and a sense of belonging. People don't just want shopping malls. No, and foreign foreign tourists, which Albania is pinning a lot of its hope on, do not want to come to a city which has zero cultural or historical heritage, and to look at buildings that look like they could have been picked up from any other European city and just plonked down in the middle of the Balkans. This is this is, this is precisely <laughs> it. On the one hand. You, you, your your idea and your intention is to bring in tourism to 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 sort of invest and and make make the country attractive mm-hmm. um, because Albania is unparalleled sort of in terms of the natural beauty the coast the mountains the highly concentrated in such a small place a highly concentrated uh, uh, richness yes at the same time though this goes completely against that because when you talk to a lot of the tourists and i have noticed in recent years how much tourism has picked up mm-hmm. pre-pandemic uh, but when you do talk to them to a lot of them in tirana i mean a lot of them say you know we wish there were there was more yes. we wish there was more because at the end of the day you can sort of do the tirana tour and you don't really need a lot of time, right, to, mm-hmm. to sort of run out of those 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 options. And yeah. so, uh, the other thing that they note when you talk to them is how fascinating is it is to be in a city where you see the layers of history. So, mm-hmm. what, what do I mean by that? Is that you can see the Ottoman traces. You mm-hmm. can, you know, through through whether it's religious architecture or whether it's sort of the the layout of certain quarters of the city. You see the. You see the interwar period, so you you know you see the, the influence of the Italians. You mm-hmm. see the sort of the fascist era constructions, which were, yes. which you know a, a lot of a lot of times you hear people say, well, they're from the fascist period, but it, it's a historical period. Of it, course, it, you it can't just left, erase it. It has left its mark. Yes, uh, and 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 so it gives you Tirana really gives you kind of layers of history, and then you get mm-hmm. you know the 1950s, you get the socialist uh, era. You, you get you get kind of this Soviet style, you know, the Palace of Culture, which is right in mm-hmm. the middle of the city, this, this gigantic intervention. Um, uh, and so each era has sort of has its has its presence. And I think there's that, you know, I, I think that that's valuable. Do you know what? I think there's another aspect to it as well. I think there's a sort of egotistical aspect that I don't know whether you'll agree with or not, but I think that 
Prime Minister Eddie Rama, since he's been, since he was the mayor of Tirana and started a lot of this sort of demolishing and his master plan for Tirana, I think, especially being an artist and really playing on this, he wants to leave his stamp on the city. And that stamp involves shiny, big new buildings designed by celebrity architects. And I think th- this is my opinion as well. He's had this idea for the centre of Tirana for many, many years. And to him, it's leaving his legacy on the centre of Tirana. And in in doing so, one one could make the argument. Uh, in fact, I I would make the argument that he he fits a pattern of mm-hmm. of, a, of a kind of litter uh, that Albania has had. Yes. Um, uh, and and in many ways, that the that there has been a tendency to try and sort of arrogantly. Uh, live your imprint and kind of conquer space, as it were. Right yes. uh, now, I would I would counter argue, and I would say, as a historian of of the city of of the of that country, uh, there is a way in which space sort of fights back. I mean, there is a way in which you, you know you you can try and and try to conquer and try to, but but there there it's more complicated than that over the longer term. Um, mm-hmm. uh, if we do look at Rama as as a kind of arc. Uh, from when he came at the very beginning to Albania and from what, what has happened, you know, in the more recent years, there has been definitely kind of, you know, radical kind of deform- deformity because he really, the, 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 the project that really sort of put him on the map back then was what he called a kind of return to an identity. And it was all about renewal and preservation, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the, 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 those, those buildings from the, from the, 20s and the 30s, you know, he he really started out by just kind of improving the yes. a, a lot of a lot of that a lot of that uh, heritage, um, but unfortunately, it doesn't really take a lot of analysis to sort of understand what has happened to Tirana. You just need to go there and just to look mm-hmm. around for yourself, and it's yes. plain to see. Kind of the environment sort of tells the story, and the story is that there has been. A, a, a decades-long construction boom that has served to, to, to bring in all that cash, to, to, to process it through the system, uh, a, a massive speculation uh, with land, massive speculation with property, and, 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 and really very little to no regard for the basics of, of planning principles, for the fact that a certain development of the city needs to be future-oriented, um, and this is this is you know again it's it's easy to sit away from Tirana and to preach about all of these things, but when you when you return there to visit family or parents or to it, it, this is this is a reality that people live day to day. It makes me sad, you know. I'm a I'm a firm believer in the fact that these public spaces, these historical buildings, are not something that belong to now. You know, they belong indefinitely to the population of a country um and it really i mean i protested many times for the for the theater because i was like you know what am i going to show my daughter about her his, history and the cultural heritage of the city she grew up in because i think by the time she's old enough there's not going to be anything left at all um now i want to talk <clears throat> specifically about a couple of the buildings that you did mention um because like you said, it is quite difficult to find out sort of a lot of information about some of these sites, especially for people who perhaps don't speak Albanian. So I wondered if we could talk 
first about the stadium, um, the soccer stadium that was um, built by Gerardo Bosio. Mm-hmm. Yes. Could you explain a bit about, you know, the style it was built and what, what its fate was, essentially? Uh, so the 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 story there is is and and part of the reason why that that whole discussion happened over the stadium and over you know this was a few years ago I remember writing about this and and one of the one of my frustrations at the time having studied this period of development um, mm-hmm. was that a lot of the discussion over the the stadium was uh, focused on the fact that it was inadequate. You know, this is this this comes from an era where Tirana was a, a relatively small city compared to mm-hmm. you know what Tirana has become uh, today, uh, and so in scale, right? It, it was designed and projected with the urban planning that was to happen for a city of that size. Mm-hmm. Um, it also was ideologically framed because the, we're talking about an, a period in which. Um, for instance, if you look at the Italian architecture, the way that it was developing in the 1930s under Mussolini, it, it, it did have to serve a kind of propagandistic vision that the party had and the state had. Um, but one of my frustrations was that a lot of the discussion around it was about it as a building with a very specific function. And, and in some ways, you can sort of understand that because it's, it was a stadium. It was supposed to be this kind of representation of this rationalist style. So uh, kind of a, a, a classical form, which, which mm-hmm. was worshipped under, under fascism. Um, and so in, in that sense, yes, it, it has a specific function. And the argument was made, well, it doesn't serve that function anymore. So therefore, we need to tear it down. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really have much of an architectural value. That's debatable. I would disagree mm-hmm. with that. But my frustration was that this was one piece of a larger project. That, mm-hmm. In other words, the, the, when, when this part of Tirana was planned, it wasn't planned as just objects, but it was planned as an ensemble. All yes. of these different pieces were supposed to fit together. So when you look at a plan of Tirana by then, from the 1930s, uh, you will see that the stadium and the other buildings, you know, today's university building, which is... Mm-hmm across from it, the, 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 the building that houses the, 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 the art institute, uh, the whole boulevard, this kind of sort of monumental boulevard. was. So in other words, there was a kind of configuration, yes. a, 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 an urban ensemble. And so when you go in and you say, I'm going to take one of these pieces out and I'm going to destroy it, what you're doing is you're affecting the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second piece of that argument or discussion as it happened, although there was not a lot of discussion, I must say. When it, it, was just, it, was just, it was just decided that we're gonna we're gonna get rid of it. We're gonna build something big and patriotic and huge. And, and um, the, the was was this obsession with aesthetics. And listen, I get it. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. have a problem talking about aesthetics. I can talk about aesthetics. We can discuss it. At the end of the day, we may or may not agree because. There, there's an element to this where, you know, the criticism can be fairly subjective. Mm-hmm. But I, I find that that sort of intent focus on aesthetics is often a cover. You, you don't want to talk about the process. You don't want to talk about the contracting. You don't want to talk about who is in to make a profit here. And, in, and instead, you go on about aesthetics. And the other thing that you, that, that's happening is you're, you're sort of 
trying to intoxicate people with his flashy, mm-hmm. you know, big, large scale, huge projects with eagles and and this kind shiny of shiny windows. Listen, <laughs> if you want to give me that, I, I'm, I'm not against that. I'm not against. Mm-hmm. I'm not against bringing in the the fans of the Albanian national team deserve. Of course, a stadium that makes them proud. Yeah, but, but but to give them this false choice of you're mm. only going to get this if we take something away yes. from the city, that seems to be like an unfair deal. Yes, I agree. What do you think of the new stadium? I mean, aesthetically. So, uh, <laughs> look, it's uh, uh, it's hard for me. I had a friend, uh, uh, you know, message me the other day. She said she, you know, she's she's a big sports fan, and and the, mm-hmm. there was a qualifier between the Albanian and the um, uh, the English team, and and yeah, so there was quite a bit of attention, uh, you know, on on the building, mm-hmm. right? You know, there were a lot of the media attention were showing the stadium, and yeah. and and sort of when you read the reaction, it was a bit of, it, I would say, it was mixed. You know, there were a lot mm-hmm. of people that were kind of intrigued by the building, and then there were a lot of comments like, uh, "What is that? What is that? <laughs> it looks like a shopping mall. What, what is you know? What, <laughs> it looks so. Um, I, I, it's hard for me." If that building had been built somewhere else, I might have a different reaction from you. But to me personally, as a historian, as somebody who, who really has a passion for mm-hmm. for, 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 for the uh, heritage aspect of it, it is hard for me to look at it and not feel yes. like uh, the, the as you said, that, 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 that a certain sort of core part of, of that urban history has not been demolished. Mm. Now, we're coming up to the one-year anniversary of the demolition of the National Theatre, which is something that is still being mourned. And I use the word mourned intentionally because I think to the people that were involved in protesting and campaigning for it to be kept and the people who witnessed, myself included, witnessed it being demolished that morning, it it does feel like a, a, a real tangible loss. It's not just a building that's been demolished. Um, what what do you think about the cultural and sort of architectural value of that building? Because the government relentlessly claimed that it had zero value whatsoever, um, which obviously a lot of people disagreed with. But what's your perspective? Uh, th- this is this is a very good point, and it's one that uh, fr- the, the 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 emphasis on the worthlessness of that building is something that was really, really frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the reason. Uh, one, one, of the, one of the ways in which that, that discussion was framed was that uh, on top of the, the usual argument that you get, it's, it's too old, it's decrepit, it's been neglected for so long, which always begs the question in our mind, well, why did you leave it to, to, to yeah, become, like, yeah. you know, why, why did you not yes. invest? when you were supposed to invest so that we didn't come to this point where you know yes. now it's 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 issue that, that it's too decrepit to function but let's that is set aside for a second uh there is this thing in in the history of architecture and the history of planning which is called prefabrication right this is this mm-hmm. this may not be up to your liking up to, or, or up to one's aesthetic uh, notions but there is a history of prefabrication and and, and in fact in the history of the built construction of Albania Prefabrication, you see it everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. And what we had there with, with this particular example, which I've studied through archival records and through sort of digging through the history of these uh, Italian architects and, and, and 
builders uh, from the from the era was one of these earliest examples of basically trying to kind of fuse a certain style, a certain kind of small miniature grandeur with prefabrication, right, with modern mm-hmm. techniques. And again, this was a very, very clear pattern during that era. Uh, it, this was an effort to combine modernity, modern modern means, in the, with this kind of historicist approach to building. So when, when they say, oh, there's absolutely no historical value to it, I... Uh, disagree 100 yes. percent uh i made that i you know to the extent that i could I, I made the argument but at the end of the day i was not convinced that this was really what it was about mm-hmm. um yeah, i think I, fundam- I think fundamentally uh there were interests at play yeah. that were too big to let anybody get in the way however yes. i am heartened as i think many were uh that something miraculous happened uh, as part of this process, uh, which is that in a country like Albania, where there is a lot of r- c- c- suspicion, uh, mm-hmm. uh, where is a, a intense distrust of politics and politicians for good reason, yeah. <laughs> because, because they, 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 they do not earn any trust, yeah. uh, where there is deep suspicion of mass movements, civic movements, and all, mm-hmm. you know, this range uh, of, 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 of attempts to kind of infuse a sort of a activist spirit, we saw this, and, and that's the word that I would use, this miraculous kind of outpouring yeah. of civic-mindedness. Yeah. And it was very, even, even for those of us who do not live there, it was good to see. It was, yes. it was something that reminded you that cities, at the end of the day, uh, even though I do insist on buildings and architecture and urban planning and heritage and all these things, at the end of the day, this is about how people make sense of where mm-hmm. they live and where they want to live and the fact that they want m- memories and that they want, it's, it's not this kind of f- f- nostalgic because oftentimes it's framed as this sort of ir- irrational, nostalgic yearning for the past. It's not that it's just that in a place in which so much has been taken yes. from people, there are times when they really want to insist on certain things not being yeah. taken away from them. Do you know what the best thing for me that came out of the theatre was? And honestly, I've never seen anything like what happened after the um, uh, November earthquake in Albania. Within an hour or two after the earthquake, the people who were involved in the Alliance for the Protection of the National Theatre sprung into action and started collecting donations and putting together donations and distributing them to families throughout the entire affected area. And they did this for several weeks. I mean, they collected tons and tons of food and supplies, clothing, bedding, tents, and distributed them amongst the people. And as far as I could see, they moved quicker than the authorities. And had they not been able to sort of mobilize those tons of aid, the country would have been in an even worse situation. And watching that, the way that they managed to coordinate so many people from society, foreigners and Albanians alike, was just really incredible. And I think it was that sense of community and, like you said, civic-mindedness, which made it even more painful to see the the theatre demolished because it was sort of, you're demolishing that unity as well. It was, they sort of, demolished this symbol of people coming together. It was a very sad day. 
and and it was it was cowardly i mean the the it way was. in which it was done it was cowardly mm-hmm. and it was not it, it was in the middle of a pandemic it was in the middle of the night. Uh, uh, you know a, a situation in which we're told that we cannot be social anymore right that we yeah. have to be very very careful of being social so the I last think, day of the pandemic of the lockdown of by the, the lockdown way. yeah mm-hmm. so it, it's it's a it's a uh, it, it was a, it was a tragic moment but i i think if 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 there's one perhaps i wouldn't even call it a silver lining but if there's one element to it that i would sort of you know emphasize is that it is a reminder in 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 in, in a way of the endurance of, of 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 even past the destruction of the physical you can remove things you can tear them down it doesn't necessarily mean that they fully go away and i think mm-hmm. a lot of the kind of arrogant albanian strong men consistently fail to learn this lesson is that the, the mm-hmm. thing, things have a way of of sort of uh, continuing and uh, mm-hmm. uh, in, in in memory or or through and so it, 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 there is there is an element to the story although there is quite a bit of mourning and rightfully so uh, there is a kind of this mobilizational aspect to it which which i think is is was was, was very good to see now our last point um because we're slowly we're quickly running out of time right there is Something very recent which has happened. I was very sad to see this as I had some good memories of this place from my own pregnancy. It was the um, Queen Geraldine Maternity Hospital was demolished under the guise of reconstruction, again, during what appeared to be the middle of the night. Um, this was a sort of a monumental building in the centre of Tirana. Um, what are your thoughts on, on this latest loss of the city? So I was I was shocked to see these images. Uh, I was not shocked or surprised in any way to hear the reasons given and to because uh, again, if you have seen one of these things play out over the years, you sort of have the blueprint for how yeah, all of them the are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so uh, again, it's, we we're getting the same logic. We're getting the same uh, uh, framing. Uh, there was damage done to the building. The building was was in disrepair. Old, ugly, it was fascist. Old. The ceilings was falling. It, there was not much of value to it. Um, we're going to do something bigger and better, and that doesn't resemble. You know, I, so it, it, it's 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 the same sort of play. It's by the playbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it, uh, what I want, and and to be perfectly honest, I, I don't know wh- where that is headed. Um, but the. But if the past is any indication, and it often is with these things uh, in, in, in Tirana, you can sort of fill in the dots and, and, and know that there will be some sort of con- contracting that will happen, that, that mm-hmm. you know, something will be built. It, what, what frustrates me additionally is that even these newer, shinier, better things that are built are often not built properly no. because every step of the way somebody has to... Profit. Uh, profit and mm-hmm. and the lining of pockets. By the time all pockets have been lined, the end result will be not quite what up to the image. But it no. is a very image PR obsessed era, mm-hmm. and and th- those are where the where the emphasis is. So my my uh, my my reaction to this latest hit, unfortunately, it might not be the last one. Uh, and and there there might be more to come, but every time they want to talk about aesthetics, and every time they want to talk about image, and every time they want to project sort of a media oriented um, uh, talking point, 
Um, we, we, we insist, as you have done in your work at Exit and many others do, insist on talking about the money, the contracts, mm-hmm. the transparency, the rule of law, and, 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 and that's really kind of uh, important. Now, my last question for you as someone who has a home in two diff- very different countries, do you, do you fear the day you come back to Toronto and it's not the place you, you remember or recognize? Oh, absolutely, and and you know, and and I and, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I do not deny uh, uh, the 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 uh, good development and and a lot of the mm-hmm. sort of a lot of the renewal that has taken place over the years. I, we have we have to also realize that this is a city that demographically, in terms of spatially, has it just exploded in the nineties yeah. and, and the two thousands. And so the challenge there is immense. The challenge mm-hmm. there would be immense for for any. A, a person or, or team trying to trying to to do development and growth and to do this in a smart way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I my critique is not partisan, but it is a critique nevertheless of somebody who whose job is to essentially you know work with with the past and work with history and and highlight continuities and highlight. Where, where, where past mistakes can serve us moving forward. Mm-hmm. And from that perspective, even though the critique is often dismissed as partisan or this or that, um, uh, returning to Tirana is oftentimes an experience of loss in many ways. Yes. Um, and, and so there should be an opportunity to embrace the new and, and the the progress and, and new development and investments. And this is a city that has hunger and it has opportunity and it presents opportunity. And so I think that that, that it's not an issue of either or, it's just that we also insist on preserving a sense of identity because again, the, the, this people, you know, they, they want to make sense of where they live and they want to feel attached to it. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily want to be alienated in a city of, shop, of shopping malls and residential blocks. I agree 100%. Thank you so much for your time today, Elidor. We've run out of time, unfortunately. Um, Yeah, thank you for your insights. It's been very interesting to learn more about the city and from your professional point of view as well. With any luck, maybe someone will listen and take it on board. (laughs) Thank you very much for having me. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Explaining Albania podcast. You can stay up to date with our latest episodes on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and of course, Anchor FM. Be sure to follow us on social media as well for upcoming episodes and articles on Albania and the region.